listening to the How'd We Get Here podcast. I'm Morris in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I'm with Chad, who's in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada. Didn't say it right. Nevada. How's it going? It is going. How's it going with you? Uh, I think everything is going. Ava yeah. is supposed to be sleeping, but she's laughing in her crib right now. It's really creepy. Is that like a like something you have to go take care of? Or she just no. laughs herself to sleep? Uh, normally she goes down pretty easily, but tonight for some reason she's just like sitting in there giggling. I think <laughs> eventually she'll just fall asleep, hopefully. Okay, hopefully she like climbs out like those zombie babies in the videos <laughs> and like scares the crap out of you. I fear one day I'm afraid that she's going to figure out how to get out of the crib. And then she's going to just like open the door and be like, Hey, sup guys. <laughs> Hopefully you need to video her like constantly just in case that happens. I wanted to put like a video, like a, a video monitoring thing in there, but then I figured I would like just watch it all the time. I decided against it. Why would you watch it all the time? Usually she's just asleep. Sometimes she cries and then sometimes she like coughs and I'm not sure what's happening if she's like choking or something. So you panic? No, I, I hope that it just stops. And then sometimes if I get really crazy, I hope that when I like go in there in the morning, she's like still breathing. <laughs> I mean, your default mode has always been to panic immediately about everything. So right. I don't but know why I'm, that would change. But like after... so. The first like three months of her like waking up in the middle of the night, we used to sleep in the same room as her. And then after that, when we moved to Minnesota, she got her own room. And like I think the first month, she would cry and we would go in there. And then eventually, like, all right, well, let's just let her cry. And so eventually we figured out she would just go back to sleep. Ah. Uh. So now it's like when she when we hear her in the middle of the night, we like wait like five to ten minutes, or if we're like really tired, we like wait like twenty to thirty minutes. <laughs> but doesn't that 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 twenty to thirty minutes you're not sleeping, that just makes you more tired, right? So eventually after a while, I wasn't sure like sometimes like Melissa would get up in the middle of the night to go to work because she's like if she's on call or something. Um yeah. and then she would be like, Oh, did she wake up? And I would be like she did wake up. I don't know if I fell back asleep or if she fell back asleep. Because sometimes, like, I don't know exactly what happens because you're, like, so out of it. And you, like, wake up. If you wake up, like, more than a couple of times a night for, like, a few weeks straight, it, like, really messes with your mind. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, so don't don't plan on having any kids if you like to sleep. That's, like, the only joy in my life. So I'm going to keep it keep it a joy. Don't do it. All right. Thanks for the for the very good. Uh, I'm just warning you. At some point, Jesse <laughs> might want to have kids, and then you're gonna like have to. You're gonna be at a crossroads. You know, one side is gonna be sleep, and the other side is gonna be like never again. I mean, um, so let's talk about that a little bit because she wants kids. I definitely don't want kids, and she doesn't want kids either. But uh -oh. um, did you want kids? Like, how long have you wanted kids? I, I like kids and I've wanted kids. I mean, just liking kids doesn't mean you should have a kid. No, but I've wanted, I've wanted a child. Like not like, it's not like something I longed for, but like in the back of my mind, I was always like, I would like a child. Okay. Yeah. 
but we're stopping at one or so the plan is. I'm not sure if that we're going to stick to that or not, though. I, what would change that would make you not stick to that? We're jumping like into the middle of the interview. This is the Morris interview episode, but we just jump straight into the middle. But well, we can like we we'll can back go back to it. Yeah. Was there something you you wanted to talk about this week before we went into the the interview of me? Oh, um, I I got no topics. No topics. All right. Well, I I had some I had one thing to share. Okay. Have, have you ever heard, have you ever heard of that term like when people call white girls Beckys? Um, sure. No, have you? I'm I'm worried about where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of that? I think it was from like uh, the Beyonce song. Right. So I found out. Yes, the other, I, I found out. I found out the other day that the male version of that. Have you Have you heard of that? I would guess that it's like the Chad. (laughs) (laughs) I saw on some blog where they wrote about like, I think it was because of the the Black Panther movie and how like white people Mm -hmm. were like losing their minds over how, how they thought it was really a racist movie. Mm -hmm. The the beginning of the the post was like, listen up Chad's and Becky's. (laughs) (laughs) Chad has always been like the douchebag guy name, like Chad and, Dylan and Trent. I've never heard. I don't, I've never met anyone else named Chad or Trent really? or Dylan. I've never met a Dylan. You didn't grow up in the right town, I guess. I grew up in East Boston and Revere. And I knew a lot of Dominics and Carmens. Yeah, that those aren't so associated with douchebags. But you should look up a, uh, what is that? Where it's like slang terms, the dictionary for slang. The slang dictionary, the urban dictionary. Oh yeah, the urban dictionary. You should. We should read the Chad. And um, I figured it was just like an oblivious white person. Um, I mean, a privileged white person, maybe like Taylor Swift. Right. (laughs) I think it. Um. Like the stereotype would be like someone wearing a like one of those sweaters around their shoulders yeah, and like two, two polo, two polos with both collars popped up. <laughs> right. It's a very white name. Apparently. Yeah. Speaking of Taylor Swift, did I tell you, did, did you know that we're going to see Taylor Swift in August? I did not know that. Yeah. Is that a, whose idea is that? Uh, I'm going to say it's Melissa's, but partially like I bought the tickets. Wow. Yeah. So you're a big, uh, oh, I forgot like her. I don't even know how to talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's how bad it is. The, I, I run. What are her fans called? Oh, Swifties. Really? I think so. No. That's what I was going to say. It didn't sound right. Is it not? So I thought it was a T the Swifties. No, you should look this up. <laughs> Let's see. What are Taylor Swift fans called? According to Cora, it is huh? Swifties. Oh. Yeah. This isn't... Well, that's not what I was thinking in my head. How did you become a Swifty? When did you become a Swifty? Uh, I believe it was around 2011. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just this, this... I just started listening to it, and I was like, okay, this is this is very palatable music. All right. 
so that leads me to like the number one question then. Yeah. How do you go from being a juggalo to being a Swifty? Because juggalos just don't care. I listen to lots of different things. So you would go from an insane clown posse song to a Taylor Swift song and it wouldn't feel weird to you? If I shared to you my 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 Spotify playlist. It would include mm-hmm. insane clown posse songs and Taylor Swift songs. So you're still listening to insane clown that posse. That was a that was a recent thing because I realized that Spotify had those songs on there. I didn't think they would, but they do. So it was like a march down memory lane. Pretty much. And I listen to it while I run. <laughs> Tell us uh, your top three uh, ICP songs. I don't think, I don't think I have a top three. I would say like the, I need a, We need a drum roll. I would say like the top, uh, the first, like, f- I'd say like eight CDs, like the first, like the, the first four <laughs> full albums. I'm a big fan of, and then like everything in between, I was a fan of, but then everything after that was like just hot garbage. So literally your favorite songs are the first 80, eighties <laughs> ICP songs are your top 80 favorites. They're not all my favorites, but there's like a very, I would say there's at least 75% of those songs that I would be able to like recite back lyrics to you. Wow. And have you like tried to listen to the new stuff? I tried. I mean, not tried, tried, but like I, I stopped around 2000, the 2000, I don't know, early 2000s. And I have like gone yeah. back every now and again just to be like, oh, let's see what they're making now. And it's like not very good. Right. So you can't even, I'm trying to get like, is there one new song of ICP in the past like 10 years that you would be like, the, yeah, I like this a lot? I, no. I would be able to tell you like one song that is. Like I can, the whole magnets thing I think is like funny, but I can't listen to anything outside of that. Like one part of that song. Was that like a newer thing that wasn't from the early days? I think days? that was from like 2010 when like, when like okay. Saturday night live made fun of them. Somehow they stay in the, like people, they're still on the tip of people's tongues. Because it's, because it's so ridiculous. Reason. If you think about it, like the fact that they're like high school dropouts and they're still like around, like what 25 years now like over uh, probably 30 years now it's kind of crazy they still have the uh what is the gathering called oh it's called the gathering the the gathering of the jugglers that's still i'm pretty sure at this point it's like 90 percent journalists from vice and 10 percent actual jugglers (laughs) oh poor jugglers i mean i never associated with those people Weren't they uh, listed on, like, domestic terrorist yeah, they're, lists? Yeah, they're an official gang, which is actually kind of messed up if you think about it. Did you hear about how when they did the Juggalo March in, I don't know, September, and it was on the same day as, like, some Trump march in D.C.? And mm-hmm. then, so... I didn't hear so they that. It happened to be on the same day, and I think there were more people for the Juggalo March than there were for the Trump march. <laughs> I mean, they're the same people. Like, they just went to the no, wrong place. So, so the thing is, is that the, the the funny thing is, is that the Juggalo March actually had some merit to it. Because it's like the FBI, for whatever reason, decided that ICP fans were like an affiliate or like an actual gang. And so I don't know if this is true or not, but according to ICP, their theory was that this was a way to get more funding to smaller like, commu- like smaller police departments. 
So basically, like, you go to some rural police department that has no government funding, right? But if you have gangs in your neighborhood, then you get more funding. And so by saying that you have ICP, so so it's like this big thing, right? And then if you basically, if you get arrested and you have, like, any ICP tattoos on you, you're now, like, arrested as a gang member. And it completely screws you up. And you can't, like, I mean, it messes you up because then you can't get, like, I don't know, if you get, like, divorced or something and you want to get custody of your kids, you're a part of a gang. Or if, like, you want to get a job mm-hmm. or something, you're a part of a gang. So it's kind of messed up. Did you get your tattoo removed to. then? <laughs> Which is a joke. I don't have a tattoo. I don't have an ICT, ICP tattoo. But, oh, man. That's fascinating, though. Uh, they're doing it for but the But isn't group. that messed up, though, if you think about it? Because, like, if someone's just a fan of, like, some stupid music like I am... Like, I could be potentially labeled a fan of ICP, like, if I had, like, a bumper sticker or something. Well, let's go back in time, then, and, uh, like, let's talk about tattoos. In in the heydays of you loving ICP, would you have gotten an ICP tattoo, like, had you had the funds and the desire for a tattoo? Um, I've had the desire for a tattoo before, and I've had the funds, but I don't think I would have ever done it. Mm-hmm. I would have gotten... I would have gotten a Boston tattoo before I got an before I got an ICP tattoo. Oh, okay. That's going to be a gang here yeah, pretty soon too. But the Boston thing didn't get more strong until I actually left Boston, which is kind of weird. But I guess not. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Now that I've left Boston, like I wear my Boston things all over the place. Do you want people to ask you about Boston? No, I just feel like now that I'm like outside of Boston where everybody wore Boston things, like now I'm like the only one. And then also like hope I I don't know why I wear it even more. I'm not sure. But like now even my running sneakers on the bottom it says Boston. <laughs> How did you get that? I found I don't know, like New Balance made like a a Boston edition of some of their sneakers and I don't even wear New Balance, but yeah. I saw them and I bought them. Yeah, New Balance is uh, ICP fans, too. They're Trump fans, actually. (laughs) Right. That's what I meant. So they're making money off of probably a Boston tragedy of some sort. Probably. I think they became much more prominent after that bombing of the Boston Marathon. Is New Balance, like, based in Boston or the Northeast at all? Yeah, they're based in Boston. They were based, like, 20 minutes away from where I lived in Brighton. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I guess if anyone's allowed to do that, then it still shouldn't be them. But Right. But I think they became very, uh, very because there's a New Balance running store near the finish line of the Boston Marathon. Okay. And then also, I think it's like New Balance and I think Adidas because Adidas makes their like, their like official merch. For the Boston Marathon? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So now like I wear my like. My, my Boston t-shirts and my Red Sox shirts and my Patriots stuff all the time. I know that's a big thing for Texans too, to be like super proud of where you're from, but I just, I just don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it in me. I figured at some point once you left, like, wouldn't you be like all Texas out? I like the thing I, I care about Texas for is my family. So that's about Does it. Does have an insignia <laughs> that you can wear on a t-shirt? <laughs> I've always thought like, if I was going to get some crazy tattoo, it would be like family related somehow. Oh, not, not like a Boston red, red Sox B. 
No, it'd have to be like a Texas thing, though, because my family's from Texas. So it'd be like a Texas... Uh, like a Rangers tea. <laughs> right, yes. For, for like, I'd say like a few years, there was a strong prob- possibility of me getting like a B, a red Boston Red Sox B tattoo. I'm just thinking of the people I've ever seen that have that tattoo, and they're they're definitely chads they're they're super townies and they live in dorchester and charlestown and and cambridge and somerville somerville i feel like that's no i guess that's not i was gonna say call that tacky but it is tacky and that's why they do it super tacky and super towny i believe yeah and at some point you just stop caring and you just do it so you feel like you can't do that anymore because you don't live in revia um there's still I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't know. If now that you definitely have the money and that wouldn't be a concern, like what would you get right this second? I mean, what tattoo would you get? I mean, how much would a tattoo cost? A hundred dollars. Let's say you get a $500 tattoo. So it'd be pretty big. I think <laughs> am I getting it like across my back? <laughs> No, like it would like cover your arm, like your upper arm kind of thing. I don't think I would get it. I don't think I would get that. So, come on, man, <laughs> semantics. I don't put it wherever you want. I don't know that. So money isn't what's stopping me. I think just getting a okay. tattoo, like something that permanent, is stopping me. Yeah. Okay, so if I gave you five hundred dollars and said you can only use this on a tattoo, you wouldn't do it. Um, Again, I don't think it's the money that's stopping me. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the bottom because I, I, I'm i offering. I could see if you were like, here's $1,000 and, you know, I'll give this to you if you get a tattoo. And even then I might turn down the $1,000 to get a tattoo. I mean, okay, this is a bet then. I don't have $1,000 to give you, but. There's got to be like some amount like how of much money. Would it cost, or how much would it take for right. me to get a Boston tattoo? No, it doesn't have to be a Boston tattoo. It could be any tattoo. Yeah, I just want to know what it would be. Uh, probably not much. At some point, I thought about like this. Now, this is super tacky. Is that I was th- I was thinking about getting like Ava's name tattooed on me, and I don't know why, but I it, the thought crossed my mind. And that probably wouldn't take as much as it would to get a Boston tattoo for some reason. Right. I mean, just her name, like just her name and some like some kind of font, <laughs> some weird script. Yes. I'm just thinking of the people that do that. Right. Which it's is pretty. also like another silly thing. Yeah. But I have no tattoos. So, yeah. So it's really hard to decide on your first one and like make that leap. If I, I feel ever. like after that, yeah. If I ever get a tattoo. You need to have more kids so that you can just line your body with the names of your children. So, so it just look like a dictionary on my arm. <laughs> yes. But you got to go for the weirder names. You can't. No. It's, see, it's good because her name is short. Right. It's going to be the smallest tattoo unless you get it like huge across your chest. Yeah, and it will just not take very long and it won't hurt very much. You have to do one of those, uh, the footprints, get the, her footprint oh, tattooed on you. stupid. At some point, that <laughs> would just look like a blob of like like black. 
<laughs> you could uh, have it updated every year on her birthday. I'll just have a bunch of footprints on me. <laughs> yeah, and then when she's like 30, you just have a giant footprint <laughs> on your face. I guess she's probably not going to have giant feet no matter what. Do you know anyone that has like foot like chronological footprint tattoos on their bodies i feel like the only place i've seen that is like terrible tattoo blogs yeah. i like looking at those oh where they have like the, the kid's face on their arm and it looks nothing like the kid and it looks right. like the teeth looks all look all terrible <laughs> yeah those are so funny like anytime you tattoo teeth or anytime you have like a statue that has like showing teeth it never looks right no, I'm guessing, uh, like, I have no artistic talent, but I'm guessing that's a tough, tough part of the body to get right. Yeah, usually you just have to, like, show the person with their mouth shut. Teeth are just never, yeah. never going to look right. Yeah, because teeth are, like, white, so putting that on, it just gets weird. There, there was a, I think it was either in Milwaukee or Detroit that we went to, and it was, like, a... I can't remember what it was. It was like a hall of fame, like walk of like a walk of fame or something, but they had like not bus, but plaques out in the open where you could walk by and it had like a whole, like they had who they were and like the whole, like their face on it. And every one of those people like smiled and their yeah. teeth looked horrible. Yeah. So it was like in copper or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So teeth, aren't copper color so it always looks weird yeah it, it, you have to go in and color them all white but then it just looks weird it's like the cheshire cat yeah <laughs> right yeah if the teeth are anything but white then they just look like like if they look black it's so creepy because right? then it just looks like like corn on the cob <laughs> yeah like rot mouth <laughs> all right well this has gone into a good direction I, I was trying to get us all the way back to your childhood, but we haven't made it there yet. <laughs> so, like the way I did your interview, where I started from the, your childhood to the adulthood, you were going to go the opposite direction. Well, I my whole plan was to start right in the middle, <laughs> and then uh, have no idea how to get forward or backwards. So you're like Quentin Tarantino interviews, right? <laughs> yes. That was the whole idea. All right. I mean, your childhood uh, is just a topic on its own. So, <laughs> were you going to were you going to lead into that with a question, or are you just going to say childhood? No, I was just going to say childhood, and you were going to go off. Okay. Well, I grew up in East Boston, and we were very poor, and we had. Uh, the, the, my earliest memories were of me and my one brother and two sisters and my, both of my parents living in a one bedroom apartment in East Boston. And so how old, uh, would your brother and sister, your brother and sisters be in this scenario? Uh, my brother, I know is like four or five years older than me. And so if I was like four, my brother was probably like, I guess eight or nine and my sisters were like a year, like my sister, my two sisters and my brother were like one year apart or two, like two, they were much more closer. And I was like way older because I was like the celebratory, like we made it to America child. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my next question. Like, not really a question. Um, so where did your parents come from and how old were you? They came from Vietnam. I was born in the United States, though. 
But your siblings were born in the in Vietnam. Yep. And they made they went over on like like a boat. And funny fun fact is that I we were almost Australia uh, citizens of Australia, except when they were at the embassy in I think China or somewhere, the U.S. embassy called first, and it basically came down to whoever called first. So I could have been Australian. Oh wow. And yeah. you would have lived in Australia, and I wouldn't know you. So right, and we would not be doing this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what does that mean? Called first, they were like fighting over your parents. Be like, no, they were. I think it was basically like they basically. So I think this is like very hazy. This is like very very loose details of what I've <laughs> right. gleaned from my parents and like just okay. random random like essays that my sisters have written to get into college and things like that. Is that. They basically, when they left Vietnam in like a boat and then you just kind of like drift in the sea until like a national coast guard comes and picks you up. And then they take you to whatever embassy they can take you to. And then I think you have to wait for like essentially a, a country to be like, all right, we have room for like essentially uh, refugees. Okay. Yeah. So that's what happened. I think. <laughs> or, or your sisters just like made up a story to get into college. Uh, maybe, but I mean, that's a pretty good story, but I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that happened. That sounds uh, pretty reasonable. What I, I might've known this, but it's pretty interesting is that your parents came from Vietnam, but we're Chinese. But you're not Vietnamese. I am Vietnamese. I'm half. I'm half Vietnamese and half oh. Chinese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I say Chinese because I don't like saying Vietnam with the, the accent and saying that I'm half Vietnamese because then people get all sorts of questions. Like they get more questions than if I just said Vietnamese or Chinese. You mean the Boston accent? No. So if so, if someone asks like where I'm from, if I say China, you get a lot less questions. But if you say Vietnam, okay. then you get like all sorts of more questions. But you're actually from Boston. Right. So but usually when, there shouldn't be. But usually when Chad and Becky's ask me where I'm from <laughs> and I say Boston, they get like, actually, that's a lie. So what happens is when someone, if an Asian person, person asks me where I'm from, I know what they're asking for. They're asking like if I'm Chinese or Japanese or whatever or Korean. And then when I say, okay. and then when I say Boston, it messes them all up, and they they don't know how to rephrase their question. Okay. And then I and then I but I know that they're asking like, oh, what like what nationality are you basically? Right. And then I default to China. So my my like line of like thinking is, I'll say Boston first, and then I'll say Chinese, and then if someone digs deeper, I'll say half Vietnamese as well. What. What would lead someone to dig deeper? Usually if they're Asian. <laughs> and they're like, you don't look Chinese. Asian people are nosy as hell. And they want to know like uh, where you're from. Uh, okay. And then I say Boston. And then they're like, oh. <laughs> um. So I knew you as a Chinese person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is this like a um, new thing now? But you also... Your home and your home growing up, you spoke 
uh, Chinese. Mainly Chinese, right? but I could speak Vietnamese up until like. Oh, you could. Yeah, I could speak Chinese. I think I lost Vietnamese until at some point in high school. I like just stopped speaking it all together because in my house we speak Chinese mainly. My parent, my mother will speak Vietnamese, but I don't speak Vietnamese to her. And then mainly I would speak Vietnamese to like my grandmother and my aunts and uncles. But then I kind of stopped uh, seeing them for a while and then like it just kind of went away. I see. And my Chinese is pretty horrible. Um, what do you want to say your last name by chance? Is that okay? I think I've said it before. No, Tang. Have you? Uh, maybe. No. Okay, and and uh, your wife's um, <laughs> maiden last name, Chang. <laughs> so that makes you all the, the Chang Tangs. Yeah, <laughs> we actually go by the Chang Tangs. That's so great. Yeah. I got a Christmas card from. And you. it's funny because if if like we go if we travel somewhere. And like, if we book a hotel or something, and she does it under her name, she'll they'll say like Mr. Chang, and I'll be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so she kept her last name. Yes, because it's a pain in the, pain in the ass to change your name. Why? You have to go to some city place to change your last name, and then on top of that. Oh. You have to probably change your email address and you have to change all of your cards and your insurance information and all that stuff. So we decided it was just easier. So your wife is a doctor. Yes, she is. I thought it was going to have something to do with that, like having to change like what she's called, that she's been known like her whole professional career is Chang. Yeah, yeah, that too. And like email addresses, think about that. (laughs) I don't, none of my email addresses. Oh yeah, they do. Right. I do have some. Right. I mean, my email, even like my work email address would, would, would have been like my first name period last name, even though I'm not employed right now, but it would have. Maybe, uh, you just get something else when you start. Well, usually it just follows. I need to be juggalugalo at, <laughs> at uh, insurance.com, please. <laughs> But anyways, if you, so listen, if you go down this path, you're going to probably do the same exact thing because you don't want to change it. Like, I'm assuming Jess probably doesn't want to change your last name. I, she wants to change her last name anyway to like Jesse Sparkles or something. <laughs> so, so it won't be to your last name. No, right. Correct. I mean, we just got a joint bank account like yesterday, literally. Because it was, like, <laughs> such a pain to do. To, like, keep track of, like, paying for bills and stuff? No, just to, like, get... Or us to actually open the account. Open a joint account. Like, we tried to do it with Bank of America. And they're like, oh, you have to open up this new account. You have to fill out these forms and stuff like that. And then we just did it yesterday because we have an account with Barclays. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can just do that online. You don't have to talk to anybody. And I was like, oh, sweet. Let's do it. So you switched all your banking to Barclays? Uh, we didn't switch all of it. We just put our savings there, but at least there's like an uh, account now that we both have like our own logins and like we can both access it. Whereas before we were just before we were just like constantly like transferring money back and forth. Yeah, that sounds really annoying. Right. Yeah, we you just just do everything in cash, man. You just have a pool full of cash. So, <laughs> and whoever needs cash, we I so when I worked at the barbecue place for a month, I had like a ton of like tips like from the tip jar. 
And like, I didn't yeah. know what to do with all of these singles. So we had like this jar of just like dollar bills that was just like sitting in like the, the front, like, I don't know, the, the entryway of our apartment. What happened? Uh, I used it all. Are they still there? We used it all on donuts. Oh. used it all on donuts. You like grab $2 to go run to the donut shop. So we have a donut place that's across the building from our like apartment building basically. And they're 70 cents each. And so I just take a dollar and nice. I go across the street and I get donuts. You get one donut. Well, I get like a, so it's 70 cents. And then if you get like a dozen donuts, it's like, I don't know, you get like a free donut or two or something like that. And then it's even cheaper if you go yeah. at the end of the day because all the donuts are stale. Uh that's the best time. Right. Stale ass 70 cent donuts. <laughs> but yeah, we have a donut and ice cream shop all in one place across the street. Nice. Well, speaking of donuts and being from Boston, <laughs> um, how do they compare to Dunkin' Donuts? Because Bostonians swear by Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, so Dunkin' Donuts is, is not good. Um, their donuts are not made fresh in-house. Um, they come in frozen, oh. just FYI. Oh, yeah. so dropping some knowledge bombs on the people. Right. So I very, even if I'm in Boston, the only time I go to a dunks is to get like coffee. <sighs> and what's so great about their coffee? There's nothing great about it. It's just like a dollar for a cup and you're in and out and there's no yeah, one in no. line. There's no one right. in line saying I want a double chai with soy latte milk. Oh, okay. Right. And they're also every 24 steps. There's yes. an, another Dunkin' Donuts. So. And it costs about 55% less than Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, Starbucks is pretty ridiculous these days. Yeah, I just remember the Dunkin' Donuts across from... Do you not uh, have Dunkin' school. Donuts in Las Vegas? Um, That's a great question. I don't seek out the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> So Dunkin' Donuts was all about like you're walking down the street or they're in the tea stations. Right. So they're just there. Right. But if I had to actually like go find one and drive to, drive to one, one. You wouldn't go to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. Right. I'm not even sure if we, ha- I'm not sure if we have Dunkin' Donuts here. I know we have tons of Starbucks and then Ann Arbor has like a ton of like local in like coffee shops. For a while in L.A., when I lived in L.A., donuts were, like, the big thing. Donuts are great. But, like, it would be, like, the crazy, crazy donuts. I found a, an like, actual, like, good, like, so the donut place across the street from us is, like, all right. But there's, like, another place that's, like, a couple of miles away that's, like, open 24 hours. And their donuts are, like, ginormous. And they're, like, 85 cents. And they're amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to, I feel like I have gotten donuts in the, like this year, I think once. And I'm pretty sure they were like $2. I've had donuts, like, I've had donuts at least 12 times since we moved here. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a problem if it was within walking distance for me. Well, because I actually really love donuts. The place across the street is like not really, I wouldn't walk there all the time, but the place that we have to drive to is actually really good. And it's run by Vietnamese people. Do you speak Vietnamese to them? No. I've tried to, like, in the past, and it doesn't really, really work. I've, I've tried at other Vietnamese establishments in the Midwest, and it doesn't really work. Because I don't look Vietnamese. Do you think they're more they're more offended by it than, like, appreciative? That, of what? Of, like, some Americanized 
uh, Asian fella trying to speak their language. The problem is, is if I try to, it would come out terribly and it would come off as like very insincere. And I feel like they would probably charge me like twice. (laughs) Okay. There's so much more to talk about. So we got to (laughs) jump and there, there's a lot of Dunkin' Donuts in Vegas actually. So, but I'm not going to one. Um, so the like people charging you double reminded me of something else from your past, (laughs) which is, uh, your history of, uh, ripping people off (laughs) on the internet. It's funny because I talked about this yesterday to Melissa. Really? Yeah. Was it new information for her? Uh, I mean, I don't think it was old information to her. Like she didn't know. I might not have ever told her because there was never a reason to tell her. Right. Why was there a reason yesterday to tell her then? Uh, I don't know. I think we were talking about the internet and like AOL and how the internet started and how I realized that it was like the wild, wild west. And you were, uh, and I was a cowboy. You were Jesse James. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us some of your scams of, of the how internet. How make a living as a poor child. Um, so, I so it all started, and this is how I told the story yesterday, is that okay. there was a news there was a news segment about how people were using AOL chat rooms to trade porn with each other, and okay. and this was before I knew anything about all of that, and they they had a guy on that was and this was like in '94 when the internet and like AOL started getting big. And on the Mm -hmm. news segment, they showed the guy showing, like, basically saying, like, this is how easy it is. Like, all you have to do is go into this chat room. And I think the chat room was called, like, Gifts 2 or something like that. And so, like, I called my friend and I was like, hey, like, here it is. And so the next day we tried to go to it, but the chat room was full. And so so my mind, in my mind, I was like, all right, well, if there's a Gifts 2, there must be a Gifts 1 and there must be a Gifts 3. And so we did that until we got into one. And then we found out that people were like trading photos. And then my friend was like, we don't have anything to trade. How does this work? And I was like, hey, Dumbo, like you just got to get two people to agree to send you something. And then you send what you got from the other person to the other person. Right. And so we ended up doing that. And that was like the basically like the beginning of the whole like the Internet is just this lawless place. That's actually a really interesting story. <laughs> I did not. Uh... Yeah, so gifts one, gifts two, JPEG one, JPEG two is where you get all the 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 good porno pictures on the AOL. I've I like I still see people with AOL dot com addresses. What is AOL like these days? I don't know, and I don't know why they still have them. I'm assuming they're probably still paying like twelve dollars a month for that. <laughs> I, I hope and so. And that was like in the infancy of the internet where like they only gave you like one or two free hours a month until like, I don't know, in 2000 where they were like giving away like a hundred hours a month or something. Yeah. Those free discs you can get for AOL, it would be like 6 million hours. Right. When it first started, it was like, it like, was, it was one free hour. And then every hour after that was like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. I definitely ran up some bills on my parents that I... Uh, didn't know about my friend got in trouble for that (laughs) for just being on too long and like downloading stuff i'm pretty sure at some point he accidentally Mm -hmm. like you know the whole like it took so long to download photos and then i think he left while it was downloading and it like when it finished downloading it just like popped up Uh, and he wasn't there (laughs) nice 
<laughs> That's an awful way to get caught. Right. He wasn't very smart, but it didn't matter. Oh, is this one of your uh, famous Revere friends? No, uh, I stopped being friends with him in like high school, so he wouldn't have been. I mean, I'm pretty sure he went down the same path, but we stopped being friends in high school. So let's move on with your uh, scamming career, because I knew you a couple years after that uh, so, at Boston College. Right. So then that whole thing graduated into me scamming for Nirvana bootlegs, and then that turned into magic card exchanges that basically became people just sending me cards. Were those all through chat rooms on AOL no. still? Uh, I did those independently of my friend. Those were all on message boards that I just found on like Netscape. Uh, okay. And I ended up on some like bad trader list for a while for Nirvana things. Yeah, wasn't it for a while if you Googled your name? Yeah, it was I think, just I think a, until like a bad review. I think it. until like 2008 or something, my name got like, at that point, my name was still out there with my address. And it was like, this person is a bad trader. Do not send them any Nirvana bootlegs. But I'm pretty sure if you Google it now, it was like, it's gone. So sad. I wanted to yes. do it. Um, so where are those uh, Nirvana bootlegs now? It was just Nirvana, uh, just Kurtzberg. Nirvana bootlegs are at my parents' house in a shoebox. Yeah. Wow. And I still have, actually, this is pretty awful. One of my like favorite like Nirvana t-shirts that... Subsequently, I got in high school, it was too small for me back then, but now when I wear it, it fits me perfectly because I was a nice. fat ass in high school. Why is that a sad story? Because, because I you were a fat ass. Yeah, because I shouldn't be able to fit into things that I had in high school. That's like the dream, man. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not sad then. For, for women's prom dresses, <laughs> it's the dream. But like the t-shirt is like... I think I showed you the t-shirt before. It's like potentially like if I put it on eBay, I could get like a few hundred dollars for it. You need to do it, man. Except I got it for free from a scam online, which is kind of sad. <laughs> it's the circle of life, man. Yeah, and I still wear it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think about this. If you would have been skinnier in high school, you would have worn it. It would have gotten worn out and it would be gone right now. That's a good point. No, no Nirvana t-shirt. Because I, I feel like Nirvana t-shirts like everywhere now, and like you can buy them in like Target if you wanted to. But that t-shirt is like definitely not something you could buy because they would never make a t-shirt like that again. Right. Well, the new ones are just ripoffs of the like classics, and you have an actual classic. Yeah, but the new ones are like weird because they're not. Because back then they only made like band t-shirts on like black or white t-shirts, but now they come in like all sorts of like different like material cloth colors right it's uh it's that kardashian girl right oh yeah one of them <laughs> i don't know damn her damn you kardashian but yeah that's, um, that's where that came from okay and um you're pretty into music we were both into music that's how how we became friends actually oh, now that i'm thinking about it yeah, we went to a Marilyn Manson concert together. Which in itself was like a pretty um, crazy experience. Yeah, do you remember that at all? Um, I do. I remember trying to figure out where we were going by using a compass that you for some reason had on you. Yeah. Like a real compass. Right. And then eventually we said, screw this, let's just get a cab. Yeah. Where were we? Lowell. Lowell. 
right? Which again, I, like, I don't even know how we got there. I think we took the commuter rail, but again, I had no idea how we got there. Yeah, and we had to like stay in a hotel that was like, I don't know where it was. Like, this was before GPS on the telephones, and we somehow made it there and made it back, right. which is amazing. Yeah. And we met some people. We met terrible people. <laughs> we right. went with terrible people and met terrible people. Oh, that's right. We did go with terrible yes, people. Yes, and we had the hotel call us and tell us to keep it down. I'm just thinking now, a lot of the terrible people I've met in my life, I've met because of you. <laughs> and I actually have a really good history of like meeting wonderful people. Um, except I met through yeah, because you. They were, all the people you met from me were from either East Boston or from Revere. And where are those kids now? Let's go. Let's do a quick uh, list of where those kids are now. So, okay. That you so know. the people that we went to the Marilyn Manson concert. Um, one of them, I think, works at a bar or a restaurant called the Brown Jug, I think, as like a, a line chef or something like that. Maybe. That's really specific. Yeah, I think. I'm not sure. Either that or he's cleaning pools. He's doing one or the other. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then the other one, I don't know what he's doing. He's probably still alive, though. He was straight edge. And I think oh. that's why like, I felt like I felt like not safe, but like more comfortable around him, even though he was really weird. And you were definitely not straight edge. I, no, I was not at that point. <laughs> Oh, now you are? I mean, <laughs> just at that point. Well, you I mean, I'm sitting here in front of like an empty beer bottle, but about as straight yeah. edge as I can be compared to that. Okay. Okay. Some of the other people. Um, uh, there it was Nick, who was probably my closest friend from that time. Oh, okay. Eventually went to the army to get himself sober. Right. And then he, so he, he really went far off the deep end. His like speech was slurred, like as a normal, like speech pattern for him because of like all the different things he took. Because of the drug? He just took too much stuff okay. and eventually like just his, his, everything about him just slowed down. And then eventually he, this is like brain I damage. think so. And then eventually he joined the army and like basically use that to like clean himself up and he's like somewhat normal now and i like met him a couple of times but he's still kind of weird and so now i just don't really yeah. hang i don't really talk to him anymore um let me i'll just tell the thing i remember about him we went to he worked at boss logan international oh, God, airport yes. in the duty-free shop i don't ever remember taking and you there what i went mm -hmm. yeah we went um you so that was where you would steal liquor from. I only remember going there once. And the fact that you're telling me that we've gone together, it means that I've completely forgotten about it. <laughs> uh, those were definitely your non straight edge days. But um, so we got like a bottle of liquor, but you also stole a bottle of like cologne, of I, I think. Did. What did I take? I don't even remember. Right. I don't, I'm pretty sure that that was the, but looking back on that, that, that was a pretty, pretty yeah, dangerous. Like this was post nine 11. I don't even know how, how did we get through security? 
No, it had to have been pre nine eleven. How would that be? How would that be? Because nine eleven was because June sophomore year. So we did all of this freshman year. Oh, yeah, oh I think so. Because by sophomore year, we knew people that could get us alcohol. That's, That's kind of crazy. So we we purposely yeah, we purposely went through airport security, and now it's like the least like the last thing I ever want to do. Yeah, that would not work these no, days at all. We would, we didn't. I don't know how it even worked in those yeah, days. Like for we somehow got through airport security. We didn't even have airplane tickets. No one told us anything. Like <laughs> no one asked us any questions. Those were the days you could just walk. You could just walk up to the gates. That's though. A good point. And we and all we did was go yeah. through there to steal alcohol. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so that yes. was Nick. And then I don't Uh-oh. think you. I think there was one other person you may have met, Darren. Did you ever meet him? He's not alive yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's not alive. He's not alive. He's not alive. He, he jumped from a moving vehicle, and uh, trying to kill himself. Uh, no, he used to get really paranoid, and he's done it before. He had done it before, where he thought that like some cab driver was trying to take advantage of him or something like that. And he just jumped out. And the time that he did it, when he died, I have no idea what actually happened, but he was on the highway and they were going too fast, which is like really ridiculous. Cause he wow. was like probably the more level headed of that group. Yeah. What little I remember of him, uh, he seemed like yeah, the chillest actually. <laughs> Not that you can't be. Yeah, he was. And, chill. and so I don't know exactly what happened. But yeah, but it was a cab. No, he, he was jumped with, out of a cab. He was with not someone. Necessary. He was with his girlfriend or fiance or something, and they got into an argument. And then I don't know. He just bailed. I have no idea. We need to interview. We should her not. We should not. Next week. <laughs> we should not interview. We should not interview she- any of these people. Um. Okay, one last person I want you to talk about is the. Uh, he became a huge success leaving Rivia. Not yourself. Who? I can't remember oh, his name. That's why. That huge of a success. Um, he was in a band. He was oh, in Joey bands. Chaos. He. Yeah, uh, he. I don't talk to him anymore. Um, what happened? I think he toured. The United States and I'm pretty sure it's just the US. I don't know. I don't think he plays in the band anymore. I think that band broke up a while ago. Um what was the name of the band? Red Invasion. Red something. Yeah, I don't think that they were ever a success though. Because I think he does some kind of like data entry job now. <laughs> and I yeah, I think it's, that's about, uh, no, actually, all right, so this is weird. So, like, in 2012, I joined, like, a running club or a group or whatever where, like, you just meet random people on Saturday mornings to go for a run. And one person actually, for, I don't know how it came up, but works with him or worked with him. And they both did data entry. Very small world. Oh, uh, I mean, there's, uh Yeah. Good for him. I'm looking up uh, Red Invasion right now. I feel like this band would be really successful right now. They need to uh, 
they're like playing with the New Did York they? dolls. I think they uh, were like I think they were inspired by the New York dolls. I didn't know that they ever played together. Oh, maybe opening for the New York dolls in 2006. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um but also they talk about like strut rockers, 70 strut rockers. Too. That sounds yeah, that sounds like something oh, that's happening well, right they've now. Broken, they've long since broken up from what I understand. Yeah, you can still pick up. No, this is twenty four. But at some point, I think I was like their de facto manager for like a two-month period. Yeah, you had a lot of uh, music experience. So, <laughs> Well, I think as a, as a band manager, I don't think you need like any actually, actual like experience. I, I, I think you, you need? needed a camcorder to like record their performances. <laughs> and I think you needed a Sharpie to like draw on their like CDRs that they made to sell to people. Right. That sounds about right. I think, uh, I think you should put that on Twitter and see what people that actually manage yeah. bands think. No, and I, I think that was about it. But yeah. That was, that was, I think that was the extent of my, my time with him. Not some good characters from, uh, when they make a movie about your life, all those people will be in it for like a, a, a total of eight minutes. Nick would have been part of the story a lot longer cause I knew him in high school and like come somewhat through college. Right. And those were the interesting days. <laughs> Those no, are those days when, those are those days when I am surprised that I survived. Right. So, how did you survive, and and how did you get to where you are now? Just skip the the next twenty years. Just just do them <laughs> in two minutes. Wait, wait, what? So you got jobs. You started getting jobs. And, yes. Uh, junior of college, which would have been two thousand three ish. You like yes. got a job at a bank, right? I got an internship at a, a local kind of office bank type thing, where I was the marketing intern, and they basically paid me like fourteen bucks an hour to sit in an air conditioned office for the summer and put together envelopes, and then that turned into me showing up there once a week during the school year to do what they called underwriting, which is like basically like the finance and accounting part of the work because I didn't, they didn't need me for the actual marketing anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I think that was, and then senior year rolled around and I was like, Oh man, like I can't handle this going into the work once a week anymore. So I got to just take this off. I can't take your 14 bucks an hour anymore. <laughs> and then once I graduated, they called me and they're like, Hey, like if you want a job in like finance, like, we have a spot for you here. And then I took that and then fast forward 14 years later and I'm still doing it somewhat. But now you have a, a baby and a wife. Yes. I have a baby and a wife and I am a stay at home dad, even though the baby goes to daycare during the day. <laughs> so that's when you do all your, uh, financialing being a fighter. Well, it was more, it was more important last year when we we're in Minnesota and we didn't know anybody. We still don't know anybody, but the baby was too young to go to daycare. And so uh, I was home with her all the time. Gotcha. But now that we're in Michigan and she's older and she can go to daycare, now I'm kind of just chilling. <laughs> so I, spent a, I spent, I spent a month working at a barbecue store, a barbecue shop until that place went, went sideways. That was really yeah. sad. 
How did the actual place like went out of business? No. Uh, what happened was the owner had previous partners that were like not very good people. And mm-hmm. they basically came back and said, we're taking the place back. Wow. And somehow the, the courts let them because of like some crazy scam that they basically ran. And so like one day in the middle, like the afternoon, like that dude showed up with like two cops and it was like me and like two other people running the restaurant. And they were like, we need to put down your aprons and you need to leave the premises basically. Wow. Yeah. And you've never been back. I've never Wait, been back. The other place? What's that? Where was this? This was, so this was in Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see the place from my window right now. <laughs> um, I haven't been back. I've walked by before, but I have not gone in. I have not patronized their business since they switched. That's some crazy stuff, though. Yeah, because it's messed up. Because then the owner that I worked under had like um, surveillance cameras, and she she like watched them after like we got kicked out, basically, because she wasn't there that day. And she basically said the first thing like that the guy did was take the money out of the tip jar and put it in his pocket. Jesus. Yeah. Some classy people in uh, Ann Arbor. And uh, the guy is like a known felon in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's nice to have right next door, huh? I can see the smoke coming from their smokers. (laughs) It makes me really sad. Because you want to eat it, but it's, you can't. I want to eat it. And it was also a, it was probably my favorite job of all the jobs I've ever had. Oh, yeah. So I what sh- is I showed what? up? I showed up at seven a.m. every day, and I like put in like an honest like you know eight hours of work, and then I got oh. out at three o'clock, and then I I picked up my I picked up Ava from daycare, and it was Monday through Friday. So you worked forty hours a week at a barbecue place. Yeah, it wasn't even like part time for fun. No, it was full time. Got a, I got there at seven, got the restaurant ready to open at 11 and then like wow. served barbecue for four hours until it was three o'clock. Did you do any cooking? I helped a little bit, but my main job was the, I worked on the, the cutting board and I, I did the prep work in the morning. That's pretty gross. So what's <laughs> next? Uh, I tried to go back into the financial world, but these people didn't. You. These people in Detroit are bums. I had I had a good lead on uh, a legitimate like financial job for the for like a top like I guess a Fortune 500 company in the area, and I interviewed with them and everything. And they told me or they told the recruiter that they were going to extend me an offer, and then I waited like weeks for it. And then like finally like literally last Friday, the recruiter is like, "Oh, they're actually not going to offer you something because they decide they decided they couldn't afford your salary." And they went with someone oh. that was less expensive. Get used to that. Even though they told me that they were going to extend me an offer, and I told them that I was open to negotiations, and they didn't even uh, offer anything, even though they, they said they would. To... Um, in my job searches, I um, it, this was last year. They just called me and said, would you take this number? And I said, what about health insurance? They said, we'll get back to you. And then never called back. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. I tried to tell them. I was like, listen, I I don't even need your health insurance. My wife has right, you have, like, like, good health insurance. Right. Like, I don't need it. So that would actually cost you less. 
Just give me some money. Right. Just give me and some I would, money. And I would do the work and I wouldn't even need to come into the office every day. And I would just do it. Sorry that didn't work out, man. Yep. So back to the drawing board. So are you going to get some weird job? Like, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't do think it's a serious job. What's that? Do you have to get a serious job? I was looking for it because it'd be nice to make some money again and to save money again. Uh, uh, there is a comic book shop down the street that I was thinking about applying to it, but I don't know anything about comic books. Do you know anything about uh, image comics from the mid nineties? I know of image, but I have, <laughs> I don't remember what, who they did. Did they do like Lobo or something or they did like spawn? Oh, okay. Wasn't there? I remember yeah. Spawn, but I never read those comics. Um, that was like the black ages of comic books. That's why because that's all I knew. Because it was horrible or because everything was black? It like, got really bad. Because everything was like, like artistically black? No. <laughs> I think the art artistry got really good. Yeah, because in the 90s. It was one of those times. They just printed too much. It was like the same thing with baseball cards. Right. So like all that stuff is worthless now. Because it's basically our childhood. Right. Every, our by, childhood the time, are by the time we became 10, everyone decided that it's cool to collect things and that things are worth a lot right. when really they're not. Right. Yeah. When when everyone is collecting things, they're not they're not scarce anymore. Right. <laughs> That's the worst time to collect things is when everyone is collecting things. Yeah, like Beanie Babies. Right, yeah. And Pogs. Same, same time. <laughs> I don't know if Pogs are ever going to be worth anything, but same idea. Yeah. Unless you had magic cards from the early 90s. Yeah, unless you got them all stolen. Right. By Morris Morris Tang. And then someone stole them from you. you oh, they got stolen from you? Yes, as in, a, in a bit of karma... My magic cards yeah. that I had stolen, including the non, including the card that I didn't steal, were all stolen from me. Yeah, I guess uh, I deserved if, it. If there's any, yeah, if anything good of that is, I'm sure the person didn't think to keep them for 25 years until they were worth a ton of money. So I mean, I had a pretty good condition library of Alexandria. Yeah, that's a nice one. Do you know that card? You should know that card. Yeah. Yeah. I know all the cards. Man. I think I spent I like just don't have. I think I spent like fifty bucks on it. I'm pretty sure it's worth more now. Market price eight hundred twenty-two dollars. Yeah, not bad. Oh, that makes my stomach hurt. I've only played five hundred dollars. That makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> I mean, would you have held on to it till now? I wouldn't have sold it. I mean, it would have just it would just be in a folder at my parents' house. Yeah. That would be, that would be nice to go through right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I st- you wouldn't have to have a job for a few more months. I, I think I still have some cards. I don't know where they are, but they're there at my parents' you should house. Find them. Yeah, because I think even uh, the only thing that got stolen from me was like the portfolio that had all the good cards. But then there were like uh, uncommon cards. Yeah, Popper, which is playing cards that have only been printed at Common or that have been printed at Common, that's really popular right now. So even Common cards are worth some money right now. Because yeah, I had everything from like when I started playing, it was fourth edition. 
oh. subsets. That's a little too late. And like subsets <laughs> of like visions and mirage. Right. So those would be good, but fourth edition, not so good. No. That's all right. That's all right. Sad. It's very sad. You still need to find them. I know. I'll give you $20 for all of them. I had lots of Seraph Angels. Yeah, I mean, that was like the OG good card, but I just don't make cards like that anymore. Nope. Hey, I have three of those cards. Oh, well maybe they're not worth anything. We can we can talk about this off air. I was just reading an interview with um, Joey Chaos. <laughs> Good use of, of time on how to wrap this wrap up our longest podcast. Yeah, I just wanted to quote quote Joey Joey Chaos and say <laughs> I, <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say we are not political and if you're still pissed off by the name, good, because you're ignorant. And I enjoy making ignorant people angry. I, I think we found our our outro. <laughs> You need to find some Red Invasion songs. I, I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> uh, so every every podcast from now on will have one quote from Joey Chaos. Maybe you can use that quote from this one interview I found. Use that quote and, and like end the the podcast with that. Uh, uh, prescribe medication, depression, the works. What? I was just trying to find something funny that he said in this interview. I think I think the That's first one is good. I think we can apply that to our podcast. Okay. So, uh, goodbye, everybody. That's it? That's the... And that's just the remember... The, that's the end of the interview? We are not political, and you're still pissed off by the name good because you're ignorant, and I enjoy making... No. Sorry. I was just trying to figure out how to uh, put this at the end no, every time. You can just be like, all right, well... Till the next time, and then you say that thing, and then I, I kick in the outro. Okay. We don't have an outro. Oh, you're going to add yes. it in later. All right, thanks for talking. That was the end of the interview? Yeah, you want to keep going? I feel like we need a part two. I feel like you skimmed over oh really good God. parts. I know, but yeah. This has gone on. That, that hour comes up really quickly. Yeah. All right. That's a good place to end. Sorry. All right. Well, until next time. I would say like the next eight episode topics are like really, really nebulous topics that we could like fine tune. Yeah. We can also uh, just do some more interviews because <laughs> our interviews are like one question <laughs> that just go on. I think so. All right. Okay. Hit it. All right. Thanks for listening. And just remember, we are not political, and if you're still pissed off by the name, good, because you're ignorant, and I enjoy making ignorant people angry.